Come to Mundo! chat podcast i am your host flapjack bill normally i would have proxy jack and or colonel kraken in here with me however today is a bit different uh proxy jack may or may not be joining us i'm hoping he shows at some point but if not you just got me and we're going to talk about a little bit different today we're going to talk about pro play exclusively uh we're not going to talk about the new patch that just dropped which is 1018 we're going to stick uh, very specifically to uh, the North American playoffs because I haven't been paying as much attention to Europe, so I don't really have a good handle on what's going on over there. But there's some very interesting storylines uh, going on with North America. There's some crazy shit that's happened. There's some crazy shit that's still going to happen. And so we're going to do, uh, do that today. And hopefully this episode doesn't suck ass. And if it does... Uh, Tune in next week because we'll have more people and it'll be better. All right, let's get right into it. Uh, oh, first things first, as always with every episode, without fail, ranked update. Uh, I believe last week I talked about how I was at the top of gold four. Uh, well, I got fucking ran down bad. Uh, just a bad series of games. Uh, every time someone on the other team, either uh, bot lane, jungle, or top lane, uh went like 23 and 2 or some crazy shit like that uh just made the games pretty pretty hard to win uh pretty pretty unwinnable if you ask me uh lost all my fucking ranked games this past week uh won one at the end of the week though so uh we won that with a superior base race tactic against a baron and elder buff with soul team we managed to win a base race with a cane that was sneaking into the base. It was re- it was really really tense, uh, but we did it. Um, anyhow, uh, still trapped to gold four. Uh, if I keep getting these bad series of games where my team just gets completely out skilled by one person, uh, I'll never get out. And this is just where I'll be trapped for the rest of the season. Right. Moving on. We're looking at NA playoffs. Um, going into playoffs. They did it a little differently this year. There's no gauntlet to send teams to Worlds, so it is exclusively uh, the first, second, third teams. They were going to playoffs, uh, had a big old tournament to see uh, you know, what we were going to get out of it. And so I'm going to give you the results of every series all the way up to uh, the semifinals matches, which just happened over the past weekend. So, playoffs round one, uh, we had two sets of best of five. We had FlyQuest play against Evil Geniuses in a best of five that went to all five games. Uh, Ultimately, FlyQuest would win out in the end, winning three of the five games uh, and moving on to the next round, staying in the upper bracket. Uh, This would also consign Evil Geniuses to the lower bracket. Same... 
uh, playoff round, round one. TSM plays Golden Guardians. Uh, Golden Guardians executes a dominant 3-0 stomp, sending TSM to the Gulag right down to hell. They're in the lower bracket along with Evil Geniuses, uh, and that's the end of round one. Now, round two is where we get the upper bracket playing at the same time as the lower bracket. Well, not at the same time, but the same weekend, basically. So, playoffs round two, we have Team Liquid playing against Golden Guardians, who have just done a full sweep against TSM. Uh, TL holds fast. It's not a pretty best of five, but it is a sweep from TL. They win all three games. It's not pretty or convincing, but they do it. They win all the games, send GG down to the lower bracket. FlyQuest plays C9, and in one of the biggest upsets of the year, win the best of five, three to one. C9 takes one game in the series. Uh, FlyQuest just looks really good, really dominant. Uh, C9 looks a bit lost. And by a bit, I mean extremely, and we'll talk about of that a little while later. Um... Third best of five for the weekend. We had Dignitas play against TSM. Uh, Dignitas was like eighth place in the regular season. TSM came in fourth at the end of the regular season. So TSM, in spite of getting slammed hard by Golden Guardians, uh, they come back with better prep. They're more ready for Dignitas. They pull a 3-0 sweep as well. Sending Dignitas back home, back to rethink their life choices for next season. Last game of that weekend, Evil Geniuses play 100 Thieves, uh, and it is a 3-0 sweep, sending 100 Thieves back to wherever they came from. Evil Geniuses and TSM remain in the lower bracket. They did get joined by Cloud9 and Golden Guardians, and in a cruel twist of fate, Golden Guardians gets placed against TSM to play another best of five. So now is playoffs round three. We have... Golden Guardians playing against TSM and Cloud9 playing against Evil Geniuses uh, with the winners of those moving on to semifinals to play against the upper bracket teams. Or no, I'm sorry. The, the format got a little weird around here in my head. Uh, playoffs round three was just the lower bracket teams. Semifinals was the two winners of the lower bracket versus the two winners of the upper bracket. So Team Liquid and FlyQuest, who won the upper bracket, would play against each other in semifinals. C9 versus TSM, who ended up winning playoffs round three. So let's go back to playoffs round three real quick. In the Golden Guardians versus TSM grudge match, the the revenge match for TSM, Golden Guardians starts the series going 2-0. Crazy good games for Golden Guardians, but TSM looks way better than they did in the first series. Uh, they get a pretty good looking win in game three and execute a reverse sweep, which is very difficult to do, but they pull it off uh, against the team that 3 0'd them. And TSM moves on. Cloud9 plays best of series against Evil Geniuses and hits them with a hard 3 0. Good sweep. Now we've got C9 versus TSM on the same weekend that Team Liquid plays FlyQuest. Uh, It is worth noting that at the time of semifinals, both Team Liquid and FlyQuest had secured worlds. 
the games where they did so were back in playoffs round two when FlyQuest beat C9. That was for Worlds. FlyQuest secured their world spot, which was awesome. They've never been. It's going to be cool. Uh, Team Liquid beating Golden Guardians secured their world spot. So, in the best of series between Team Liquid and FlyQuest, it didn't really matter who won. The loser would go on to face whoever won the C9 versus TSM series. The winner just went straight to finals. Uh, done and dusted. So, TL plays FlyQuest. FlyQuest executes an upset here. Team Liquid being the most dominant-looking team, not strong, but dominant, uh, going on a hefty win streak towards the end of the season. Uh, FlyQuest puts the kibosh on it. Their prep looks good. They just played better. Took the series all the way to Game 5. Got 3-2. to two. FlyQuest moves on to the finals. Meaning, Team Liquid will play in the third-place match against an undetermined opponent. Then we have C9 versus TSN. And in this series, which is one that I wanted to highlight a lot today, uh, TSM actually wins the series, beating C9 3-1. to one. Now that is yet another upset that I don't think very many people saw coming. Uh, I myself am an avid TSM fan. Uh, I love Broken Blade, love Bjergsen, uh, big fan of Biofrost, those guys... No matter what teams they're on, I'm going to love those guys forever. They're just super fun. I like them. I like their content. I like their play. Love it. Uh, but I'm also a big fan of C9. I've liked C9 for a very long time since the sneaky Meteos days with high and balls. Fucking crazy good team. Love them. Super cool. So for me, it didn't matter who won this match. I was going to be happy no matter what. Um, but I pegged C9 to win. Because even though they looked shaky in playoffs and they had a losing record in the back half of Summer Split, I didn't think TSM could pull together the drafts to beat Cloud9. Um, as it happens, Cloud9 just throws their drafting notebook out the window on fire. And they get outdrafted and outplayed by TSM in three of the four games that got played. Uh, really shocker for me, but I'll take the win, right? So now, uh, in the coming weekend, I believe on Saturday, we're going to have TSM versus Team Liquid for the third place match. Whoever loses will take third place. Whoever wins will go to finals to play against FlyQuest, which will happen Sunday, the very next day. Now, that is going to be an exceptionally difficult matchup for whoever wins the third place match. If you're TSM, you've just come off of an upset against Cloud9, and you find out you had to play Team Liquid to get to finals. That's a hard rock to wear down. The team is very steady, they're very sturdy, they don't make mistakes, you have to beat them at your game. You cannot beat them at theirs. Luckily, TSM looks to be in a place where they might be able to do that. However, if they fuck up, it's probably over. Now, whoever wins that match has to play a best of five the next day against an entirely different team. TSM has not played FlyQuest yet this playoffs. Team Liquid 
has lost a best of five to FlyQuest already this playoffs. If you were to tell me that Team Liquid moves on, beats TSM, whatever, and has to play FlyQuest again, I'm calling FlyQuest as the victors of the summer finals, and FlyQuest will go straight to the group stage of Worlds. And that is crazy for the org's first year making it to Worlds that they would go all the way to groups that easily. And it's not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination. It's still going to be very difficult to beat Team Liquid in a best of five. But FlyQuest has already done it. Team Liquid is going to have to fight an uphill mental battle against a team that knows the ins and outs and has the prep already in place to beat Team Liquid. TSM has not played FlyQuest. If they're going to beat Team Liquid and move on to the finals against FlyQuest, they're going to need their analysts working over time. From the moment they win the best of five against Team Liquid to the moment they start the best of five against FlyQuest, they need to have their analysts working. They need to know exactly what's coming at them. The best examples they're going to have are coming straight out of that semifinals match between FlyQuest and Team Liquid. So no matter who goes to the finals, it's going to be a absolutely crazy series, and we're in for a hell of a world from North America. Let's take a look at the three teams going to North America. We've got TSM, Team Liquid, and FlyQuest. This is TSM's first run back to Worlds in a couple years. It's been since, I think, 2017 Worlds. So it's been about three years since we've been to Worlds, or since TSM has, rather. Uh, They don't look as dominant as the last time they went, but they look adaptable, and that, I think, is a very big, important thing. If you can adapt in a best-of series, or you can adapt your play to the meta that evolves in a tournament setting around you, you will outlast the teams that don't. It's just that simple. Team Liquid is coming off of, in spring split, they finished ninth place, and that was terrible. After all, this team had just won back-to-back titles. They were looking absolutely insane, unkillable, until Cloud9 Goomba-stomped spring split. Barely dropped a game. Didn't even look contested in most of their games. Rampaged into finals and won it, right? Team Liquid looked like trash. They had just offed... Uh, actually, after that split, they tossed double lift, uh, and then they start playing with Tactical, and you know what? They pick up Broxa for the jungle, and they start looking good. They start looking real good towards the end of summer split. They start racking up victories. Uh, it's a little shaky in the beginning, of course, but towards the end of the split... You just can't beat them. And in fought, in playoffs, you still just can't beat them. They just don't make mistakes. They're not fucking up. And then they ran into FlyQuest. And I didn't watch that series too closely, so I can't really speak on it too much. But FlyQuest won, but it took them all five games. So that's, you know, that's some chinks in the armor for poor TL. You can, you can manipulate that and win. But if you, can't, if you can't figure out how to bust down those cracks, uh, you're going to have a bad time. FlyQuest. First time this team's going to Worlds. I'm going to pull up this team because this team is absolutely insane. Listen to this roster. we got a, a big, bad roster. 
starting in the top lane, we got Solo. This guy is incredible. He plays weak side. He plays strong side. He didn't even have a team at the beginning of summer. He got a job coaching for FlyQuest. And then they decided, fuck it, put him in. And he has hard carried this team from whatever position, be it uh, weak side top, strong side top, carries, tanks, doesn't matter. He's outperforming consistently against the best top laners in the league. That's saying something because there is a world champion top laner in this league. Moving on. In the jungle, we got Santorin, former veteran of TSM, world's veteran. He's been, he's played in EU, he's played in North America. He's real veteran, this guy. He's got nerves of steel. He's real smart. His padding's creative. His level ones are creative. He's a very strong, sturdy jungler. Mid lane, you've got Power of Evil. This guy doesn't stay on teams. He's a one-team-a-year type of mid laner, but this might be the one to break that down. He is playing out of his mind. The man is the control mage mid lane aficionado. He knows all the matchups. He plays all the matchups. He'll blind pick Azir and not give a fuck what you bring to the table. He's going to win the game, and he's going to put everybody on his team in his little backpack to do it. Bot lane, we've got a, match, a mashup of Ignar and Wild Turtle. Wild Turtle being the AD carry, also a TSM veteran uh, from way back in the day. This guy has played on a couple teams, and he consistently gets into form. This, this meta that we're in right now is the Wild Turtle bread and butter. Strong lane bully, 80 carries that can do a lot of work. And that's right where you want to be if you're Wild Turtle. Ignar, Korean import support. This guy has played in Korea. He's played in uh, EU. He's played in North America. And he's finally back with FlyQuest, with Wild Turtle. And he is all over the map. His level one invades are crazy. It's one of the biggest reasons for C9's downfall. They couldn't figure it out. They couldn't adapt. This guy is insane. His mechanics, great. His champion pool, deep. There's not a lot you can do to deal with this guy in lane, and especially not in team fights. That's your number one team in the league right now. They're playing in the finals on Sunday. And we're going to see what all they can bring. It's going to be a banger. Now, this year was supposed to be the year of Cloud9. Cloud9 looked exceptionally dominant through Spring Split. They dropped, I think, one game in all of the regular season in Spring Split. And when they went to playoffs they didn't drop a series i think they only dropped a couple of games here and there in best of fives uh which are a totally different ball game uh and they won out ultimately they just stomped their way through and left us all in desperation to see cloud nine versus some international competition now due to the global pandemic that is covid19 and the fact that na can't get their shit together uh msi this year had to be canceled no teams would be playing internationally in the middle of the seasons. It's a bit unfortunate, but, you know, 
happens. So we don't get to see the most dominant Cloud9 roster we've ever seen play internationally. Then we get into Summer Split. Once again, they start crushing people. They have an exceptionally dominant start to Summer Split. They're not losing games. They're not losing lanes. They're not losing anything. They are hard stomping. Then there was the middle of summer and the end of summer. And things just started to go wrong for Cloud9. They started dropping games. They stopped looking as dominant as they were before. Uh, Lots of your regular old armchair analysts like myself were looking at it like, you know, if you just ban Blabber's Olaf, they just lose the game, you know? And that's not strictly true. They were winning already when Olaf was banned against them pretty much all the time. They only played Olaf twice this season, and they won both games. So other than that, it was banned, and they're still one of the most dominant teams we've ever seen. So obviously that's not the answer. Uh, Ultimately, we may never know. We can speculate, but we may never actually know what's happening at Cloud9. This roster of seemingly invincible players are out. They can't go to Worlds this year. They're not even in contention anymore to win anything. They end 2020 season in fourth place in North America after one and a half of the most dominant splits anyone's ever seen. And that is insane. Now me being me, I watched the TSM C9 series very closely. Because I, you know, I want TSM to win, but if Cloud9 wins, I'm not going to be upset. I obviously thought C9 was the better team, even in their current state. And so to see TSM execute a 3-1 victory over Cloud9 was weird. It the The series was just... It was so strange to watch. Like I, it, it was just. I, I have a hard time explaining it because it was, it was actually just ridiculous. For example, in 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 game one, I'll I'll give you the the draft of game one. This is not a match I expected TSM to win because they picked some weird shit. TSM picks Lucian Top, Graves for the Jungle, Twisted Fate for Bjergsen, with a Rakan Senna bot lane. That doesn't scream, we're going to stomp this game. At all, to me. Not one bit. After a wonky level 1 where the C9 roster consisting of Set for the top lane, Kindred for the jungle, Galio for the mid lane, and Ezreal Braum for the bot lane. Uh, wonky level 1 leads to Broken Blade getting first blood, uh, and just taking that power and slamming his face into top lane. Man, it, TSM just... They had moments where they didn't look like they wanted to win, and they just still ended up winning. Uh, it took them somewhere in the... Let me see how long it took them. 
it took them about like uh, I'm wasting so much time trying to figure it out. How is there not a timer on this? Anyways, TSM win the game, even though Cloud9 gets the Mountain Soul. Uh, they just... Cloud9 looks out of sorts. They look like they don't know how to deal with uh, Broken Blade in the top lane. They just... They're getting picked off weirdly. Like, Licorice didn't even die until potentially the very very end of the game i i don't yeah licorice dies one time in the game and it's at the very end trying to defend the nexus so even though broken blade takes his superpower lucian top and basically shits on licorice the whole time licorice doesn't even die which is really saying something because licorice picked some really shit items for his set Blabber's Kindred left a lot to be desired outside of getting dragons. Uh, Nizki's Galio just didn't have any effect on the map and got hard out-roamed and out-pressured by Bjergsen's Twisted Fate. Uh, in Game 1, Zven and Vulcan accounted for a grand total KDA of 0, 2, and 8. So they also just didn't have an effect on the game. They didn't die, but it doesn't matter if you don't die if your Nexus explodes. Your KDA doesn't fucking matter. If the Nexus explodes and you lose, you lose. That's just how it goes. Um, to TSM's credit, uh, Biofrost didn't die, uh, and they just were able to put down a ton of pressure and get a couple key kills on some of the carries and really just put a bunch of gold in, the bro or in a Broken Blade's pocket, and he carried game one. It was... A hell of a time. For the rest of the series, it would appear that C9 was just super shaken. They kept buying weird items, and they kept playing weird drafts. Um, I don't think Sven played anything but Ezreal in that series. I'm going to check. But I'm pretty sure... Let's see. Let's see. We're going to find out. We're going to find out here. Game two, he played Senna. Okay, so I was wrong. Immediately, just wrong. Game two, he played Senna. Uh, I believe that's actually the game Cloud9 won also. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Cloud9 wins game two. Um, Nizki, actually, to me, was the hard carry. Even though Blabber popped off in game two and... Really, their whole team looked like they used to. Uh, Nizki, to me, looked like the biggest threat on the team. He picked Akali and just was... He just really postured a massive threat. It was very cool to see. Uh, it made me excited for the rest of the series. Game three, uh, we get another rousing battle of Ezreal from Zven. And you know what? In this game... Uh, people had a lot to criticize C9 on for this game. And I don't think 
there's all that much blame to be put on C9 for losing this game as there is praise to be dumped on TSM for just hard stomping the game. Uh, game three, there's a weird draft. Once again, C9 runs set top lane. They play Rek'Sai in the jungle. They play Galio in the mid lane. They play Ezreal Bard for bot lane. Um, TSM runs Lucian top again. Spika gets his hands on Evelyn for the jungle, which is fancy. Uh, Bjergsen once again plays Swiss Fate mid lane. Uh, and it is, again, the center Rakan bot lane for the TSM duo. And in this particular game, Bjergsen just puts on a clinic. He gets a 25-stack Magi's. He is full build uh, Twisted Fate at the end of the game. Uh, it only took 35 minutes. They got the Ocean Soul. It was a, it was a straight stomp. Uh, Licorice went 0-6-7. Just could not contribute very much at all. Kept getting picked off. He had a terrible build again. Uh, just could not come away with a way to beat the Broken Blade Lucian. Which, to me, doesn't indicate that Licorice is playing badly. I just don't think that you can pick Set into Lucian at any ELO. I don't care if you're in Iron 4 or you're number 1 on the ranked list in Challenger. I don't think you want to pick Set into Lucian top. I just don't think you can do that. I, now, I am not, obviously, the most experienced analyst in the whole world. But just on the eye test, Lucian has a little bit more range than Melee. And unless you happen to catch him out, don't think you're really going to do a whole lot to him in lane. Uh, but even if Licorice had had more impact in the game. Bjergsen just hard stomps, hard carries this game. Uh, and it was crazy. They won the game. Game four, in what would be the final game of the series, actually, uh, it was just a dominant display from TSM. They didn't look like they made any mistakes. Uh, they drafted a, a totally weird draft. Like, the drafts in the series were just crazy. Um, give this one. Cloud9, game four, picks Wukong for top lane, Evelyn for jungle, Lucian for mid, Ash for ADC, and Tom Kench for support. Now this looks like a more carry, crazy, damage output-oriented lineup. However, if I'm looking at this comp with the eye test, they have no engage, really, except for Licorice going in on Wukong and the Ash Arrow. And they just... They don't have a way to get out of a fight once they get into one, unless it's just Blabber ulting away with the Evelyn ulti. That, like... I don't like that draft. I don't like that draft at all. Uh, I love Niski getting Lucian for mid, because I think Niski has a lot more that he can provide than just being the roaming supportive mid laner. I think he's really good. I think he can play those carries, but I don't think this series was a very good example of that because he got to play a Kali and Lucian and they lost both those games. But listen to what they had to deal with. All right. They had to play against Jace for broken blade 
Spiga had Skarner. Bjergsen got his patented zillion. And we once again get the Rakan Senna bot lane. And I'll tell you what, in game four, Bjergsen puts on a clinic. He is just monstering this game. I wouldn't even go so far as to put blame on C9. It's just Bjergsen refused to lose the series. At the end of the game, Broken Blade is 6-5-0, Bjergsen's 4-0-3, Doublelift is 2-0-6, Biofrost is 1-0-7. They just played better. Uh, Zven and Vulcan looked like they just had a lot left to desire for them. They didn't look good. Uh, Mizki looked good on his carries, but it didn't look like his team was like there to enable him, you know? And Licorice just looked lost the whole series. I don't think Licorice... I, I think Licorice is a lot better than we saw in this series, and I think they got like a negative five draft from Reaper that they had to play. And I don't think it's something that Licorice was comfortable with. I don't think it's something that he was all that practiced on because he just, he just didn't buy the right items for his matchups. He was getting dumpstered by broken blade, which is not a look that we've really seen from Licorice. He's normally been known as like maybe the top one top laner in North America, top two at worst. And Broken Blade usually sits around the three or four mark. And he just got dumpstered the whole time. It was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. All in all, in the TSM vs. C9 series, I think people really overlooked the preparation that TSM came in with. And it was kind of depressing, honestly. Kind of frustrating to watch. Because Cena was so good. But it doesn't, it doesn't pay to be so good for so long and then lose out on the day. It just doesn't work. You can't go to Worlds if you suck. That's kind of how it goes. And right now, C9 doesn't look good they look like they've lost their mojo they look like they lo they've lost their sort of read on the meta if you will they are kind of throwing you know and i in in my obsession with north america's pro scene i decided i was going to listen to people who are smarter than me talk about it some more experienced people, people who used to be pros, people who have been analysts for professional gaming for a long time. And I saw that Cloud9's I Will Dominate put out an episode of his show called The Crackdown, where he and the esports historian Thorin talked to Evil Genius's Svenskaren. Now, if you don't know, uh, Svenskaren was a superstar jungler in Europe, got pulled to North America by TSM, won a couple championships with TSM, went to Worlds a couple times, 
and then got ousted from TSM. Went to Cloud9, was part of a superstar Cloud9 lineup, uh, and eventually got replaced by Blabber. Uh, they were sharing time, and then things got weird, as he explains in the episode of The Crackdown. Uh, and he got basically ousted from the team. Uh, in his own words, he wanted to leave, but you know, you have to be in a pretty bad situation to want to leave the team that you are dominating with. So he leaves, and now he's on Evil Geniuses, and they're struggling a bit, but I think they have the makings of a very good team. Next year, we'll see. We'll see how they do. But I saw in the preview material for this episode that he was going to talk about his experience on Cloud9, his experience on TSM, and I love learning about the ins and outs of teams. So I went ahead and watched the episode. Uh, and he shed a lot of light to me on how things can be when you dominate for so long. This, this jungler, Svenskeren, he was on two of the more dominant teams in North America that we've ever seen. He was on an exceptionally strong Cloud9 roster where he won MVP of the summer split. He was on TSM, a team that won multiple championships while he was a part of their active roster. And he's been doing a whole lot of winning in his pro career. And he talked about uh, when Cloud9 went to Worlds, how it became this weird weird scenario where the coach reaper would get super cocky after they just were dumpstering north america and they were just winning just winning just winning they were winning all their scrims they weren't they never dropped games and reaper got super cocky and he described it as the blend of the coaching staff getting super cocky and them just never losing it wound up that they just ended up drafting really weird stuff as though they couldn't lose. As though they were this unbeatable team. And every time it's happened, it has proved wrong. They are, in fact, fallible. They can bleed. So it brings into question not necessarily that Cloud9's active roster is falling off, but more that their analysis and their coaching staff just start to lose it after they've been winning for so long. They have been touted this year as one of the most dominant rosters that North America has ever seen. Held alongside the 2016 TSM team that rampaged through the season and went deep into Worlds only to fail. Uh, they got held next to the initial Immortals lineup that also barely ever dropped a game in their first season, only to flop when it came to trying to get to Worlds. Uh, it, they've been held up alongside these legends of North America. And as soon as they get to playoffs, or not even then, it was in the middle of summer split, they just start dropping games. The meta shifts a little bit here and there. People start learning new things. and. C9 just looks like they can't learn. It looks to me, the fool, as though C9 has an inability to adapt, especially in a five-game series where you should have the ability to adapt. 
they look like they don't know what is the most strong thing they could be playing, or they just refuse to play the most strong thing that they could be playing, and they ban it instead. Hint, hint, Caitlyn. And Callista. I mean, you have Sven on your team. This guy was a legendary AD carry in Europe. Uh, they benched Sneaky for him, and then Sneaky left the team because he didn't want to compete for a spot. This guy is supposed to be this almighty carry legend. But he couldn't do it. He couldn't pull it off. He got kicked from TSM uh, when he couldn't put up there, and then he was stomping with Cloud9, and the meta shifts a little bit, and Zen is known in the past for being an excellent Callista player, being an excellent dominant ADC player, and we're seeing him on the likes of Ezreal all the time. Now, that's not to say Ezreal's a bad champion, but this meta that the game is in right now in playoffs in North America at least it feels as though you don't want to be playing this super late game scaling AD carry unless you're playing Senna because Senna scales for infinity and Senna also provides a whole lot of utility for the team before she gets to the point where she deals a bunch of damage now Ezreal doesn't provide any utility for the team he's like a late game insurance card but if your team falls apart around you before you ever get to the point where you can hypercarry your team, what's the point in the champion? And that's kind of where Cloud9's at. They're consistently picking questionable comps, and their players are building bad items. And it it just looks so strange. It's so out of this world to see. Now, going forwards, we've got three very good teams going to Worlds. And there are a whole host of teams around the world this year that have not qualified for Worlds and are out of contention to qualify for Worlds that would have been very scary to see. We're talking about former world champions like Invictus Gaming, Fun Plus Phoenix, both teams from China, both cannot make it to Worlds now. We're talking about potentially the most winning team in all of League of Legends history in SKT T1. They might not make it to Worlds. There's still a chance for them, but they might not make it. That would be insane. Now, I'm not saying this is the year for Western teams to make it all the way and win. We already had a Western team in the finals of Worlds last year, when G2 played against Fun Plus Phoenix and got dumpstered. G2, arguably one of the best Western teams of all time. Actually, they just are. They just are the best Western team of all time. And they're just probably going to continue that. I'm not exactly sure what the Western, uh, what the European scene looks like at the moment, but I'd bet a pretty penny that G2 is going to come out on top and go into world swing. Looking forward, my predictions for the end of split as I wrap up here today. Uh, I think TSM Team Liquid is going to go to five games. I think if Team Liquid does not 
think with their thinking brains and they just decide to throw five bands Bjergsen's way in the same vein as Golden Guardians. Uh, TSM's going to win that series. I think it's going to go to all five games, though. So no matter what, I think it's a 3-2, and I'm going to put my hat in the TSM camp. I think TSM looks stronger right now. They look just better to me. Uh, And then after that series, you would have FlyQuest versus TSM. And for that, I'm actually going to vote FlyQuest. I think they win finals. I think FlyQuest wins this year because... If it's TSM versus FlyQuest, FlyQuest will have had all the time in the world to prep, and TSM will have had none. So TSM will just have to strong outplay in order to win, and I don't think they're going to be able to do that consistently enough to beat a FlyQuest roster that looks this good. So end of the split, I predict FlyQuest in first place, TSM in second, and Liquid in third. Uh, Going into Worlds, that would put FlyQuest directly into the group stage, where TSM and Team Liquid would have to battle it out in the play-ins to make it to groups. Hopefully, this year, we will see a North American team make it out of groups, like C9 did last year, and push deep into the tournament. I would love to see a North American team in finals. I don't think that's likely, if I'm honest, but I sure would love to see it. I think Worlds this year is, even though it's shorter, and the poor Vietnamese teams don't get to go now due to their country's restrictions, uh, I think it's going to be a banger of a tournament, and we're going to see some of the craziest League of Legends we've ever seen on Summoner's Rift. Uh, with that, I'm going to go ahead and bid everyone a good night. Appreciate you all for sticking with me, listening to my breakdown of the last couple weeks of North American play. Um, we will see how this next weekend shakes out. I won't get to watch the games as closely as I want to, so I'll be relying on Proxy to fill me in on the goings-on. But in the meantime, thank you for listening. Catch us next week with hopefully a full cast, and we will see you guys on the other side. Bye-bye. That's gotta sting.